Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> How are we all today? I am still in Blackpool and um, I'm having a whale of a time and my children are having a whale of a time as well. Unfortunately, we have to go home tomorrow. <laughs> very, very upset about that, but um, I have had a lovely time. I've had a lovely birthday. I've had um, so many messages. So thank you so much to everybody who wished me a happy birthday. It's so lovely. Um, I had voice messages um, singing happy birthday to me. How lovely is that? And there are way too many of you to mention. So I'm just going to say a big, big thank you to everyone who messaged and said happy birthday. And I have a happy birthday to say today because it, I didn't realise yesterday, it is July now. We are not in June anymore. We are in July. And today, the second day of July, is George's birthday. And he is going to be five today. <gasps> wow. So happy, happy, happy birthday, George. And I hope you have, oh, such a, such a lovely, lovely day. And I hope you get everything that you wanted. So I'm going to spare you my singing because my singing of happy birthday is not a really great, um, great thing to listen to. But happy, 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 happy birthday. <laughs> um, just have the most amazing day. Okay. So. Who wants to know a fun fact? Shall we have a fun fact of the day? <laughs> now, who knows what porcupines are? They are little animals that prickle you. They're a little bit like hedgehogs, but I think they're a bit bigger than hedgehogs. And the, the um, prickly bits that are on them are called quills. So, um, because they do prickle, um, <laughs> I think it's so funny to know that a group of porcupines is called a prickle. <laughs> a prickle of porcupines. How amazing is that? Because they do prickle. So, it's quite a, a good um, and appropriate name for them, isn't it? And because their um, prickly bits are called quills, if you speak Latin, which is an old language, not a lot of people speak Latin anymore, but most things have a Latin name as well as um, a normal name. And the Latin for a porcupine is called a quill pig. There you go. So you've learned some Latin today. <laughs> anyway, I think that's um, another appropriate thing um, to uh, for porcupines, don't you? So there you go. You had learnt a lesson in porcupines today. So who is now up for a story? Well, I think. I have got quite a good story today and it's called When Molly Missed the Bus. 
So, how about it? Yes? No? Yes, of course. So here goes. Molly had gone to tea with Peter. It was a lovely sunny afternoon, so the two children had their tea in the garden. Peter's mother brought out a lovely feast for them. <gasps> Buttered scones with honey, jam sponge and ginger biscuits. Oh, Mum, what a delicious tea you've made for us, said Peter. I wish I could do something for you in return. You can, said his mother, laughing at him. You and Molly can take butterfly nets after tea and go and catch those tiresome white butterflies that are laying eggs on Daddy's cabbages. The caterpillars will eat all the leaves if we don't do something about it. OK, said Peter, we'll do that for you. So after tea, the two children got butterfly nets and went to catch the butterflies and remove them from the cabbages. But they didn't see any butterflies at first, so they picked scores of green caterpillars out of the cabbages instead. Oh, look, they've nearly eaten the whole of this cabbage head away, said Molly. Oh, look, Peter, there's a butterfly. Then others came and soon the children were trying to catch them all in their nets. Suddenly, Peter called out, I say, look, here's an enormous one. It's coming your way, Molly. Catch it. It certainly was an enormous one, but when it saw Molly's net, it flew back towards Peter again. Crash! He brought his net straight down on it. Got it, he cried. Come and see, Molly. They both peered through the netting in which the butterfly was caught firmly. Molly gave a startled cry. It isn't a butterfly. It's... it's... Oh, Peter, it can't possibly be a real live pixie, can it? Of course not, said Peter. Fairies and pixies aren't real. I don't believe in them. Don't be such a silly, Molly. But look, Peter, it's got a little face and, and golden hair and hands and feet, said Molly in excitement. Oh, goodness, we've caught a fairy and I've never, ever seen a fairy in my whole life before. Peter raised the net carefully and clapped down his hand on the tiny creature inside. There was a squeal. Peter, don't do that. Don't. You're hurting the poor little thing, said Molly. Put it down. It is a fairy. Of course I'm a fairy, said a tiny high voice. I'm Pippi the Pixie. Let me go. You're hurting. How dare you catch me in your net? You're not a pixie, said Peter, still holding tight. There are no such things. You're really some strange kind of butterfly, aren't you? You're hurting me. You're squashing my wings. Let me go, I said, cried the pixie, squealing out again. Certainly not, said Peter. I'm going to put you into a matchbox with some holes in and send you up to a museum to find your right name. And no, 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 cried the pixie and tears fell down onto Peter's hand. I'll die if you put me in a matchbox. She turned to Molly. Please make him let me go, she begged her. I can hardly breathe. He's squashing me so. Peter, let her go, said Molly. You're unkind and very silly. 
Even if you don't believe in fairies, surely you can see one when she's under your nose. If you don't let her go, I'll go and tell your mother. She'll know a fairy when she sees one. I shan't let her go, said Peter obstinately, and squeezed the fairy still more tightly. She screamed and her head drooped forward. You're killing her, cried Molly, and she gave Peter a good wallop on the back. He was so surprised to think of the gentle Molly hitting him so hard that he opened his hand and out flew the pixie. Thank you, kind girl, she called to Molly. Thank you, I'll return your kindness as soon as I possibly can. Oh, Peter sulked. He didn't know what to say or think. Molly tried to make up to him for hitting him. She felt very ashamed of that now. I know, let's go down to your lily pond and sail all your boats, she said at last. Peter cheered up a bit at that. He went to find an army of small boats and soon they were bobbing merrily over the water. Molly, don't forget your bus, called a voice from the house suddenly. It will soon be at the corner. Oh dear, said Molly, scrambling up. I didn't know it was nearly that time. I must go, Peter. Mummy said if I missed the bus, she wouldn't let me stay up to supper tonight and Granny's coming this afternoon, so I really must catch it. She got her jacket and then ran to the front gate. Peter came with her. Oh no, but oh dear, there was the bus sailing merrily round the corner, full of passengers. Molly had missed it. She went back into the garden crying. Now Mummy will be really cross, she said. A tiny voice called to her. What's the matter? Molly looked up. Pippi the pixie was sitting there right beside her, swinging up and down on a honeysuckle twig. I wanted to catch that bus, she said, and I missed it. Oh dear, my mother will be so cross with me for not catching it. I'll catch it for you, said the pixie. Where is it? It's gone round the corner. Anyway, you couldn't possibly catch it. And even if you did, you wouldn't come back here for me, said Molly. The pixie flew down to the ground and picked up Peter's butterfly net, which was still there. It was very heavy for her to carry, but she managed it. I'm off to catch the bus for you, she said, and flew right over the house. Whatever does she mean, said Molly, staring. Peter... Do you still not believe in fairies? Ha! I'll believe in them if that pixie brings the bus back for you, said Peter, grinning. But I know she won't. I wonder what she can be thinking of doing with my net. Pippi was doing something strange. She flew to the corner of the road and saw the bus far away in the distance. She flew after it, still carrying the net. When she got near to it, she chanted a strange little spell. At once, the handle of the net became longer and longer and longer. And the net part grew wider and wider and wider and very, very big. It reached the bus. It hovered over it. The passengers on the top deck of the bus looked at it and screamed. They began to hurry quickly down the stairs of the bus, calling out in alarm. The passengers down below were frightened and jumped off too. 
and then the driver and the conductor leapt down. What was this strange white thing that was held right over their big bus? Then, all of a sudden, whoosh, down came the net and caught the bus. Everyone fled at once. The net then grew smaller. So did the bus inside. The net turned itself upside down and held the bus neatly there, both net and bus getting smaller, as the handle of the net gradually got shorter and shorter. At last the pixie could handle it again properly. She flew back to Molly and Peter with it, looking very pleased. I've caught the bus for you, she said, and neatly tipped it out onto the grass. There you are. It's nice, isn't it? Though I really can't think why you wanted to catch these buses. Molly and Peter stared in astonishment and alarm at the tiny bus. What in the world had happened? It was exactly like the real buses that went up and down the road, but it was very, very small. Molly, called Peter's mother, did you miss the bus? Oh, for goodness sake. Come here quickly because Peter's father has got the car and he'll run you home. Molly didn't dare to disobey. Clutching the tiny bus in her hand, she ran to the front gates where Peter's father was waiting with his car. Jump in quick, he said. I've not got much time. Off they went. Molly hadn't a word to say. She was feeling so very, very puzzled. As they went down the road, they came to a crowd of people talking excitedly together. Peter's father drew up in the car. What is it? he called. And then every Everyone started talking to him at once. It's our bus, it's vanished. A great big thing, like a giant net came over it and we all got out in a hurry, I can tell you. The net caught the bus and then it seemed to disappear. It got so small that we couldn't see where it went. And anyway, it's gone and hasn't come back. And here we all are, stranded, waiting for the next bus to come along. Well, Molly listened in amazement. Oh dear, oh dear. It was all because of her that this had happened. That silly little pixie must have thought buses were caught in nets in exactly the same way that butterflies were. She had gone to catch the bus for Molly. She had made it shrink and at this very moment the little girl was holding the bus in her hand. She managed to slip out of the car while Peter's father was talking to everyone and no one saw her when she popped the tiny bus down in the gutter and left it there. Perhaps if it grows big again, everything will be all right, she thought. I'll just take one of the little seat cushions with me. Then I'll know for certain if the bus has grown big because someone will be surprised when they find out there's a seat cushion missing. And so I shall be sure to hear all about it. She slipped back into the car and went off home, very silent. Peter's father was puzzled and rather scornful of everything the people had told him about the bus. All this nonsense about a giant net catching the bus and taking it away, he said. Whatever next? But the next day, he was even more astonished to hear that the bus had been found again in the very same place where 
everyone said it had been caught by the giant net. It was its own size again, of course. But there's a seat cushion missing, said the conductor to everyone. Fancy that. Oh, it's too peculiar for words, isn't it? It was. Nobody could understand such a mysterious happening. Molly told her mother all about it, but alas, she didn't believe a word of it. Silly girl, she said to Molly, making up such a stupid fairy tale. You're too old to believe in fairies. Peter doesn't, you know. Ah, but Peter does. How could he help it when that pixie brought back the bus in his butterfly net? And of course, Molly still has the tiny little seat cushion. She's got it in her own toy bus and it's her most precious possession. She showed it to me one afternoon and told me the whole story. Well, that's why I was able to tell it to you, of course. <laughs> How else would I know that story? <laughs> so, oh my goodness, do you believe in fairies? Because I certainly do. I have lots of fairies in my garden. I have fairy doors so that they can all um, go in and out of the little fairy doors. And I've also got fairy houses. So there are lots and lots of places for them to live. So, yeah, I still believe in fairies. I believe in unicorns. They are all in my garden. <laughs> Mermaids the lot. So... Um, I hope that you all believe in fairies, definitely. <laughs> Any old how, I think that, um, that was a lovely story. Um, definitely well worth missing the bus for. <laughs> so, George, have a wonderful, wonderful birthday. Me, I am going back down to the beach today because it's our last day that we can visit the beach. Um, and we're going to have lunch on the beach, which is nice. So, you just have the most amazing, amazing, amazing day. Um, if it's your birthday, have a brilliant day. If it's not your birthday, well, have a very merry unbirthday. <laughs> so... I will see you all again tomorrow, just before I leave to go home. I will come on and read a story. So, until then, make sure you take care and make sure you stay safe. Bye for now.